didn't watch Breaking Bad, but I watched other shows, obviously, and and that was a big influence. I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> Shun me now. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's okay. I haven't seen it either. Oh, <laughs> I haven't ever watched. Well, I tried watching. I, I say tried, and people are going to get mad. I tried watching Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I never watched it either. No. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Good. I'm not the only one. That's like one of the best ones that I actually did watch. Like all those ones, everyone's like, you need to watch it. Like, that's the only one I got through. Yeah. And because after you get a certain of the way through, you're like, I'm gonna watch this because this person better die or I'm gonna kill it. Like, it's like, so I watched it to the end just to make sure it happened. Like, that's some dedication. Breaking Bad was one of the only shows that I've watched that hooked me in the first episode. What? Like, the first five minutes of an episode. Oh, yeah, that was a great. I, I've, I've seen chunks of it. So I got amazing. Four episodes of it, but yeah, it's just, I couldn't keep going. Yeah, so there's a story that's in our video game that's kind of like influenced by Breaking Bad. What? Influenced. Influenced. Yeah, but uh, there's more than superheroes. What would you say? <laughs> that's it's drawing the influences. Is, is you really you know finding that I think is really big with TV shows. Well, and. What, Young Wavy the Artist? Yes. <laughs> what would you say makes a good protagonist? Mm. What do you guys think? Um, I think really it's how to do, how to do the, the human element really well. If, if you have, like again, particularly in something like horror, because it's what we're writing, if you don't have at least your, the person who you see in the first few panels who you know is going to live, uh, be... On a very connect, what is the word? Uh, relatable human level. If you don't have them written in that vein, then naturally it's going to be, you're just going to be waiting until page two when you know they're going to get their head blown off or something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that does go across everything uh, with really good comics. Um, it, it, in particular, to kind of reference, like you look at something like Lock and Key. Uh, for those who have read it, it's like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the reason it works so well with having kids as protagonists is because they're relatable. Um, and I think one thing I know from my books is when when I'm trying to pick up a starting point for something, and I've got a, a couple of stories down the line where I was really trying to hash out this idea of like how how do you get people into it and make this person really important i think for anything the protagonist has to be the most relatable someone has to you have to try and get across on the page and in the word that this struggle that they're going through you probably have you probably have gone through something slightly similar um do you know it's like rare that like superman's a favorite hero you know what i mean like typically mm, superman's not someone's favorite hero because he's not yeah. really relatable care less about Superman. <laughs> but or exactly, that's why they try to make him more relatable. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's why they, they start taking away his powers and then he needed the, the, like yep. was the sun to recharge everything and it was just like so he's gonna go on a road trip to boost his batteries. It was it was just stupid. <laughs> um but <laughs> guess I'm never getting a job somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but like part of the reason why the likes of someone like Spider Man works for example is the fact that 
he was a teenager who was bullied, who was a slight outcast. There were some people who he kind of related to and worked well with, and there was others who didn't, and he was in the situation. And I think everyone, uh, in particular maybe in the comics community, I don't know if this is for everyone, but when you start opening up to people initially when you're younger that you're reading comics, you, you do feel slightly ostracized um, because comics isn't, well, it's changing obviously, but it, it wasn't initially seen as this whole thing of like high-end art and literature even mm -hmm. though it's probably the most accessible art form for everybody on the planet. Yeah. Um, and I think, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I love comic books so much, because it's, it's literally, it's art you're in control of, as opposed to like walking into a gallery, which is a really um, intimidating space, you know, um, where there's people who are like, oh yes, you know, this <laughs> singular line on the wall means so much. Um, <laughs> but, it, and it's like, yeah, it, it means a lot to the person who sat there for all of five minutes to write the blurb on why they decided they couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> but when you, when you have a character like that, and the, the young wave it says it there uh, that he would say Spider-Man is a good example because he is, because it's the relatability. That's why people care so much about him even now. Whereas like that with someone like Superman, um, nobody does really care because at the end of the day, you can't really do much to him. So, like, if we're all writing these characters and, and bringing in this kind of weird fiction genres into this new into this new vein and normal, we still have to think about how do we make our people relatable? Because the only way you really pick up a book is if you see something either in one word bubble or in the first panel that you're like, okay, I know what they're I know what they're going through. Yeah, I, I normally do that not just through action, but I also do it through the um, the thinking, the thought boxes. Hmm. I I go through the characters' inner monologue to say, okay, what are they thinking, and also how do we relate to them in that? I use I have to use humor in there because that just breaks the um, the barrier, but also shows okay, this is a person who really cares about not dying for first of all and second of all he's you know just like okay trying to take off the mind that people are trying to kill him so that's how i tackle that yeah i definitely agree is like <laughs> you're exploring you got to explore the character more I, I think it's it's not just he looks cool and this is the last panel we had was uh, that I was on was was character building, and that was a big part that we talked about was was a good protagonist, a good character isn't one that just looks cool. It's mm. they're interesting and they just happen to look cool or something like that. And and that I think that's really what I I've taken to heart is that like a good protagonist is a good story is is someone who is a good story. It's not only they are in a good story, but their story is interesting and. That's like for my my comics. Uh, Henry Graves is a paranormal investigator set in like an alternate early 1900s. And the the problem I had with him was that like I was my first story. He's just very two dimensional. He's 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 kind of a cardboard cutout. And the next story I, I worked on with him, he's, you're starting to dive a little bit more into his past. And the story I'm writing now, he goes to this excessive trauma. You learn about what really happened in his past, what just happened, how he's perceived by the city he lives in. And like, that's why I think by the time I got to this story, it started to be much more interesting. And that's the coolest thing about, I think indie comics for one thing is that I can just start, you know, I don't have to sit here and write it all out and then try to pitch it to someone. I can just make it. 
and feel out what I need to do. And then by the time I get to this like third installment, it's like, okay, this is really what I should have started with. But you have to kind of feel it out, and you, and it's essentially it's a draft. And so I think the like the take home is a good protagonist is someone that you can relate, like you said, relatable character. It relate to their story, and their story is interesting. It's not just you know, like I said, they're not just cool, but they're they're they have depth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's just that that just kind of keep going with, with that a little bit um like so when when i was writing within the woods um uh, the the one of the main reasons i wanted to, i kind of got inspired to do the book is is twofold is where i grew up and the fact that i just moved in with my now fiance and so i kind of wanted to write a book uh that was for her uh, and, and kind of about her and things like that and but i also wanted to it to be a horror, which she wasn't massively uh, fond of at the time, and um, so I went with the uh, the idea of um, okay, how would I feel if now if we're in this this big old bubble of everything's brilliant, you know, you know, yeah, we got our first place together, all this type of jazz. What happened if I lost her? And instead of it, uh, and then while while I was kind of Writing that and everything like that, I was kind of looking at going. It's it's not really that much about her if she's not in it <laughs> because she's gone. So um, I uh, I don't know if you've seen do you know the first Silent Hill movie, the mm-hmm. which uh, I like it. I watch it a lot still to this day. But uh, in the interviews uh, with the director was a uh, Christopher Gans. Uh, he was saying that like he looked at the first game and everything. You have this character Harry Mason, but when you really boil it down, um, it's what Harry Mason's going through is, is literally the same thing a mother would do. So that's why he swapped that kind of gender of a thing. And um, so we we brought it down to that myself and uh, my first like Jessica actually went into the woods. So like all of that book is actually set in the woods that I used to go up and hang around in and looked at it and I kind of said to her, right, what you're going to do is you're basically going to go looking for me. And like, and we, I think we, I, I mentioned on the first time we, I ever did one of the, the, the podcasts where it was like, what would happen now if I left you here and you felt this desperate need to find me because you've never been here? And so we start bringing the story back around to that then as well. And um, not only this is how I would feel if I lost her, but now I really know how she would feel if, if she lost me and just bring it to that. It's very human emotions and emotions that we kind of experience all the time, which hopefully that gets across uh, on the page. And also, yeah, beard gang. <laughs> There's only one of us that doesn't have a beard, my man. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Makes me sick. <laughs> get <him out> of here. <laughs> just get a sharpie, just a little soul patch, something. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like facial hair on my head, on my face, <laughs> on my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much facial hair on my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dylan, I, I I really did um with with that story. It's like you really like. To me, it's just like the the first thing I, I react to is like how much thought and care and concepts went into just 
coming up with a, a story idea like that and like and really and i think that's that's really a big thing is like if you're if you're gonna do a comic and you're gonna do something unique it's like your heart and soul goes into it mm. i'm not saying you have to do that for everything you create yeah. but you really do create a very unique piece of work when you have that much like <laughs> behind the scenes in-depth thought going into it and and like rather than just oh you know how would i feel about it oh well this and you just kind of write it it's like if you actually experience it you go do something you it's like that next level you're starting to get deeper and dig deeper into the story or the idea of the story yeah well that was that's kind of the thought process with pretty much all of them so um now we do have a book nightlands where it's it's a little bit of <laughs> a lot of that didn't happen, but um, the research that uh, Ben, one of the writers of the book, did for that was PhD level, um, like crazy amounts. Myself and Shane, the other writer on that, kind of no, this this idea we're going to go completely left field with everything we've done now. I'm just this throwing it out here. This is the pitch. No, we're not going to work on it. Don't worry about it. This will be fine. And um, and it was like that. So we we had this idea for this mad fantastical thing, and then someone said, "Well, no, what's worked previously is the relatability, and the research and the knowledge." And so with um, uh, Lady of the River, which is now on the Sierra Nova Comics platform, because it's been about forty minutes since the plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> come on, um, that, that that at its core is actually about uh, bullying and the idea of trying to get away from that feeling of if you are the person who is being bullied, which uh, I know I've experienced in my life, I know a lot of people experience in life on a daily basis, regardless of what age you are. Um, so how do you, how do you oh, an outlet for that is that? Better cliffhangers. Go on. <laughs> well, I would say that um you'd have to put your protagonist in a very difficult position to be in, to have a very good cliffhanger. Mm. Now, it could be anything from, you know, uh, in the horror comic, the monster coming in, you know, right behind him, you know, coming, looking out of the shadows, it could be that. Or in my case, what I did for Codename Hunter, it's your Nova Comics platform. <laughs> What I did was in issue two, I had this cyborg, you know, standing over my hero at, with a laser cannon getting ready to fire. So it has to be something dramatic. It has something, you know, that will leave people thinking, is he going to die in this issue? Is he going to die in the, die in the next? What's going to happen? And you can even do this in the cover. You can even hint at, you know, take that image and put it on the cover and say, okay, something crazy might happen in this uh, issue. Yeah, the, the other thing too you can do is dirt, dirt throughout the comic, like that's something uh, Greg and I try to do is we try to make it so that the bottom right panel of the right page is also just suspenseful. So it, it's, it's building suspense the whole time because it makes you want to flip the page. You're like, oh my God, what's about to happen, right? So even all the way up until potentially if you if you leave your comic on a cliffhanger then you have it so that the whole time it's been building suspense so that the cliffhanger is even more dramatic yeah no that's actually mm -hmm. very much kind of similar to what i was going to talk about was was like it has to be earned um the cliffhanger can't just kind of come out of left field usually there's exceptions to the rule of course but i think you, that's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah I have a hand grenade. i'm gonna blow it up 
the end or question mark. Um, I think that's that's very that's a very common mistake I see is is like you know your story so well in and out, so you understand what this means. But if you don't work hard enough to make the reader understand it, it means nothing. The cliffhanger is pointless, and so it's like making sure that if your notes are the supplement to make the story better, then you should include this information in the story. The readers aren't going to be able to read that. So like, like I said, you have to earn the cliffhanger and it's kind of like building up from, you know, all the, the, the page turn cliffhangers or suspense is through the story. If you understand how important, like if you know that bad guy or if someone like it's that whole dramatic irony where, you know, you know, one of them is a bad guy. Like one of the survivors is really a bad guy, but no one else knows, but the reader knows. And then all of a sudden you see something like the cliffhanger ends and the reader is well aware that this bad guy did something and we all know it. And so it's like, it's very drama filled. It's really hype. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's, I think that's the best advice I have is, is make that cliffhanger earned and build it up through the whole story. And when you when you hit that stride just right, that cliffhanger can be just so enticing to the reader. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. to, like, just add one more thing to it is like, it's that it's the same idea of treating it like a payoff. It's a, it's a setup and a payoff. If you have a payoff with no setup, there's nothing earned. So it's like if you look at it that way, I guess that's another way to be able to relate to it is is make sure there's a setup for payoffs, make sure there's payoffs for setups, one way or another. Yes. 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 <laughs> I agree. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> You can oh. find cliffhangers on the Sierra Nova platform. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, something not to keep talking, I'm sorry, but something I was thinking of uh, was like finding inspirations and whatnot um, was that out of the blue this year, I, I made a comment called Chicago 20 on the Sierra Nova website <laughs> um, <laughs> that it really was not in my plans. I have plans for a lot of different stories, and this one kind of came out of the blue, but it's because I went to, at the beginning of this year, before the, the world decided to end, I, uh, I went to the Chicago Comic-Con. Uh, first time I'd ever been there, and I went with a group of people, and we stayed the whole weekend. And everyone that stayed together, like at, at our friend's house, was all, you know, a fine artist or a comic artist or writers, or it was just a big group of creative people. And it was the best, like, most influential part of my year as far as, like, getting me to work on stuff and really be a part of a community. And I ended up writing a comic based off it, but decided like, hey, what if this group of robots who all live, you know, live in different parts of the world, all come to Chicago that has like an orbital elevator and it's all sci-fi, there's hover cars and stuff. And so it's essentially, I wrote out my entire weekend, turned it into a sci-fi story, and then just kind of put my like feelings and thoughts into it and then made it like into a short story. And it's, it's not superhero, it's a weird sci-fi fun little adventure and it's just a one-off and and so you can find inspirations like off of those like events those big events that happen in your life friends or family and, and it's amazing how far that'll go I was gonna say, it kind of reminds me of i don't remember the show but there's like some show where like there's these kids that are chatting it's there's there's a scary version of this but there's also a normal one i do not remember what it's called but basically they're chatting and then they start talking about a story 
and then then they then they're in the story. You know what I mean? Like they're talking about how oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had like spaceships and all this, and all of a sudden like they're in a spaceship. It's like that's what that reminded me of. Kind of driving that like well, it's think back to when you're a kid. If you're a, if you were a imaginative kid, that would always think of like my cousin and I would always get together and we would think of vampire stories and run around the woods and you know or 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 think we're in a spaceship. It's it was you know we're five age five to 12, somewhere in there. And, and every time we came up with a fun little story and those things are all inspirations to me that I can, I can still draw from to this day. And, so we used to rock the woods and kill people we thought were sucking blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> but I think it's that, I think it's really, again, to, to bring it back to the idea that there's more than superheroes. So it's, it's like that, you, you had a weekend, uh, it inspired you to go off this thing. And I think, uh, one of the biggest, one of the hardest jumping off points for me when I, when I decided to do a comic book was like, where do you begin? Do you know? And I think like, say for example, like that, like we, if, if you've ever picked up an instrument and another friend of yours had, you have all, we have all had the conversation with our friends where we're like, we should start a band. <laughs> um, and like yep. even something as simple as that, you know, it is <laughs> yeah, literally like you're you're listening, you're there, you're listening to Megadeth, and <laughs> you can't play a single thing, but you know you're going to form the band. You're um, already a star. <laughs> <laughs> like so, what about the idea of if you write write a, a paragraph about when it worked? Like he's, he's formed the band. It was like Bill and Ted. It was amazing. And then write another paragraph about how it didn't work. And uh, you know, ninety percent of you are on heroin, or something like just something like that. Do you know, not maybe don't don't do that research. But, um, do it at work. <laughs> but even just something like that. You know, so okay. So the the negative one is right. It didn't work out. None of you talk anymore. And then it's about bringing back that friendship and that kind of brotherhood or sisterhood or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't particularly matter. But there you have a story. You know, you don't necessarily have to be able to draw it. Uh, like I, for one, like, i tell you straight off, like the first Nightlands, the first time I drew it was actually in a zine style. Um, not that the, the one that's out is much improvement, but um, it's, it's far better then originally, but at least I put it out there and I put the pen to paper and I just did it. And I sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to do an hour of it every night and I'm going to get this thing done and then ultimately uh, scrap it and redo it. Mm. But the fact is I still put it out there and did it. And it was a, it was something that was not what you would expect from a comic book. Um, because even in particular, I know in my initial, when I've tell people that like you know oh yeah you know i write comics uh, illustrate them things like that and they're like do you do the spider-man <laughs> you know is that batman is it and i'm like no no it's it's you know it's this indie horror thing about you know like mysteries and death and everything and they're like oh yeah so no it's not it's not a superhero <laughs> so it's that kind of thing so just like start anywhere and put the pen to paper and don't be afraid to put it out there like i, I i'm remastering redoing for a third time a book called sleep um which it's finally now where it should be um i got a little bit too carried away with trying to teach myself to be a colorist um the last time <laughs> but again it it's not it's just about putting yourself out there a little bit and don't be afraid to try it Do you know be find the inspiration from anywhere and like that it may start 
you know, I was I was sitting on my bed and then all of a sudden goldfish flew in the window. But you can then turn that around and make that relatable. And that's where also that kind of relates to the cliffhanger thing of like, okay, so we're about to finally get to the point where how did how did the goldfish actually fly? Do you know? Yeah. Issue two. Thank you. <laughs> like a TikTok. Like a <laughs> okay, well, I guess we can end it there.